You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Brian Peacock and Matt Williamson with you breaking down the action from Sunday week 11 and it was a doozy of a week we had some upsets and some one seeds losing and some bad teams winning Matt and your Steelers were on Sunday night football prime time and that was a barn burn it was a fun game I guess we should start there because it's freshest in our minds and and you cover the Steelers as close as anybody Matt so uh, I want that insight there and to me when it comes to the Pittsburgh Steelers tie with the Lions last week, and then this was a 16-16, right, last week, and then they lose to the Chargers here on Sunday night in L.A., 41-37, two completely different game scripts there, and it's an amazing ability by the Steelers to play every team close, no matter how good or how bad they are. Yeah, it really is. I mean, that's that's their script, usually in low-scoring games. That, of course, was not the case in this one. And first of all, I want to give all the credit in the world to the Chargers, especially Justin Herbert, who was unbelievably spectacular in this game. Eckler had four touchdowns and was a dominant player. Keenan Allen sort of quietly just did his job time and time again. Big play by Mike Williams on a busted coverage. Joey Bosa came up big on the other side of the ball as well. But it was very obvious to me with as much as I watched the Steelers that this defense could offer no resistance. I mean, and I blame the injuries. I mean, there was no Hayden. There was no Watt. There was no Fitzpatrick. You know, like, with Watt out, you'd think, well, maybe we'll blitz a lot more. But they didn't trust the free safety to make up for it. You know, like, there was no answers. And I even wrote this on a column that I'm going to send in here shortly that – Cam Hayward, who's absolutely spectacular and is having his best year, but it's hard to notice it because he gets doubled every snap, was really the only Steelers defensive player that I would classify as an above-average NFL starter. I mean, they it didn't matter how the Chargers played offense. They moved the football over and over and over. And in a way, and this isn't looking at the world through black and gold-colored glasses, I thought this game – was a positive for the Steelers because Ben played his best game. The offense threw the ball like an NFL passing game. We haven't seen much of that. <laughs> and the defensive players are going to come back. So, yeah, it's a loss and it hurts you. But I actually took more positives away from what we saw for the rest of the year. But their schedule is so brutal coming up. Yeah, Najee Harris, I think during the week before the game, he was asked about the offense, and he's like, oh, the best thing would probably be just run the ball a lot more. <laughs> that wasn't the game script yeah. for this one. They weren't able to. Uh, but luckily, Roethlisberger came through, and yeah, they were chucking the ball around. Seven catches for 101 at the touchdown for Deontay Johnson. Claypool of 93 yards. He had a 37-yarder. You know, some long passing plays there. Ebron had an 18-yarder in that game. So uh, they had to go to the air, and Roethlisberger was up for it. But the the really the oddest development of the week, I was surprised I tuned into the Baltimore Ravens game and Lamar Jackson wasn't there and I was like oh man no Lamar Jackson and then I I put on the Steelers and Chargers game at night and I realized oh they traded Lamar Jackson to the Chargers okay that's what happened (laughs) (laughs) I mean he's running all over the place that was crazy I hadn't seen I knew Herbert was athletic but I hadn't seen him run around like that big runs consistent chunk runs none of them were designed I, I think that's the takeaway is Herbert is wise beyond his years composed 
and the Steelers' pass rush plan was highly ineffective of keeping him in the pocket. And when he saw a big hole, he just took off with those big strides, ate up grass, and just killed the Steelers that way too. And it was actually one of the first things Tomlin addressed in his press conference was, uh, you know, we knew Herbert was a good athlete. That didn't take us by surprise. We just did not do a good enough job of limiting his ability to run. And it was all impromptu. A huge game for, especially fantasy-wise. I mean, that's that's the fantasy matchup you want with a Steelers defense with no Watt and no Minka. And yeah. then the Chargers defense has just not been great all year. So, uh, yeah, a lot of points, a lot of fantasy points. Herbert with 382 passing yards, three touchdowns on his 30 uh, completions there. Did have one pick within the 90 rushing yards on top of it. Then Eckler has two rushing and two receiving touchdowns. Mike Williams involved with uh, a 53-yarder, and he had 97 receiving yards and a touchdown, and then nine catches for 112 yards for Keenan Allen. So everybody got a piece there on that offense. Without question. There was plenty to go around, and it felt like every time the Chargers touched the ball, they were going to score. If if they held them to three, I was happy. What is your vibe on these two teams? Because these One punt are... in that game, by the way. What's that? One punt in that game. One punt, that, yeah, that, that seems about right. I, I would have guessed there was zero because I don't remember seeing it. Uh, what's the vibe here in the AFC with these two teams? Chargers, this is a big win for them. They're trying to make a, a playoff run here. The Steelers at 5-4-1, and one, it feels like they're on the outside looking in, even though they're a team that's over 500 right now. Right, and I, I kind of mentioned to my close buddies, I was like going into this game, like I have a feeling I'm going to look at this as the beginning of the end for the Steelers in the AFC. Cause again, their schedule is all AFC contenders, the, the all division, a lot of division games who are all contenders and the Vikings are the only one outside the AFC and they're all good teams are all winning teams. But again, I took some more optimism out of it. I still think they got a chance to finish in the top seven. But that's more of an indictment of the conference than it is, you know, a, a pat on the back to the Steelers. I think the Chargers are the superior team. They're the they're definitely the more contending team, you know, explosive offense. Um, but boy, I mean, we're going to talk about it over the next two days. Who's good in the AFC? I mean, if we power rank this conference again, the Bills and the Titans and everybody's looking bad. I mean, the, you mentioned the Ravens and the and even the Browns. They both won, but I'm not sure I feel better about those teams after winning. It's crazy. It's just shrinking. Yeah. The one seed and like the 12 seed just gets closer and closer to the middle every single week. There's 12 teams that are 500 or over right now, 10 teams that are over 500. And I think there's only like five teams over 500 in the NFC right now. This is this is nuts. So um, and and if the season ended today, the Steelers would be out. They would be the eight seed at five, four and yeah. one. The Chargers would be the sixth seed, and they would own the tiebreaker over Buffalo because of winning percentage in conference games. The Buffalo Bills, who lost, let's go there next, who are also 6-4, and four, they'd be out of the playoffs the seventh seed. We, when we did the power rankings, you had them <laughs> as your like, one what? seed, right, yeah. Matt? Right, right. I mean, you basically said this, but there's only four of the 16 teams that are under 500. You know, like... If you're 500 at Thanksgiving, you're in it. And, you know, there's four teams that aren't 500, including, you know, Denver sitting there at 500, uh, their feet up on the couch. And the Bills are now six and four. And you may, I don't know how you don't start this game with with Jonathan Taylor. You know, I mean, look, you mentioned Ekelar and the Sunday Nighter. (laughs) Someone out there owns Taylor and Ekelar or, you know, one they played against each other or whatever. But Taylor was awesome in this game. Might be the best back in the league. The Colts obviously understand 
what they are foundationally. You know, they, they're not going to ask a ton out of Wentz. Um, I still didn't think this kind of dominance would happen, though. And the Bills' offense is struggling. They're, they're, they, they don't run the ball at all. Take, you know, they're so Josh Allen dependent, and he's been good, not great. I mean, here, running back carries. Breida had five, Singletary had three, Moss had three. You know, <laughs> I know that they were down early, but still, you got to hand the ball to the running backs more than eight times a game or whatever. Yeah, they got down very early, very quick, thanks to Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. It's funny, there's probably a lot of trash talking from fantasy owners who had Taylor and were trash talking their their buddy, and then their buddy had Eckler in the night game. And they're like, <laughs> oh, that, <laughs> that lead shrunk a little bit. <laughs> or with Herbert, too. I think Herbert had 40-some points um, in my fantasy league. I got Herbert in a lot of leagues, so I, I like seeing that a lot. Um not only did Buffalo lose at home 41 to 15. This was not close, Matt. This this no. is crazy with these this Buffalo Bills team and the Colts are absolutely surging. They would still be not even in the playoff um I mean they're in the playoff picture but they would not be in the playoffs as the season ended today at 6 and 5. Um but man but They're making a case. Yeah, absolutely. And and they've been playing really well after the first Did they lose the first 3 weeks of the season? They were uh, yeah, they lost. They were zero and three to start the season, and they were one and four after the first five weeks. And now they rattled off five of six. Wow! So yeah. that's that's a heck of a run for uh, the Carson Wentz led Colts. And Carson Wentz didn't do much in this game. He only had a hundred yards passing, a, a one touchdown, eleven completions. I mean, this was thorough domination from Jonathan Taylor. Crazy. He had the receiving touchdown to go with his four rushing touchdowns. So five total touchdowns, thirty-two carries, one hundred and eighty-five yards. Um, here's a stat from NFL research, Jonathan Taylor's, uh, and by the way, it's only in three quarters. They had those five touchdowns, Jonathan Taylor, five touchdowns versus the bills this season. Derek Henry in week six had three touchdowns versus the bills. All <laughs> other running backs combined versus the bills have two touchdowns. Wow. That is kind of crazy. And I mean, if you're going to lose the turnover battle as bad as Buffalo did against this Taylor or frankly, a Henry type of team, forget about it. I mean, you're just putting your defense in too much of a buy and trying to get that guy in the ground time and time again after turning the ball over and giving him a good position. And again, Wentz didn't have to do much. Um, I didn't think this script would work against the Bills D, but again, massive turnover differential. Jonathan Taylor, the big news in that game and just, uh, uh, I don't know. What the heck performance by the Bills? I don't know what to expect from that team. I don't know what to expect from any team in the AFC, Matt. Uh, and sad news here. Um, I, I wish I had some really sad music to to play under this. But when we come back, we will talk about the end of Brian Peacock's run in the Peacock and Williamson oh, Survivor that Pool. Is sad. And uh, <laughs> a couple of more extremely interesting games as it pertains to the AFC and NFC playoff pictures next. All right, football fans, tell me if this sounds familiar. You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friends log in for some other good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings you your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And that would be the best part, except there's also no 
annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. We are down to three. Three players left in the Peacock and Williams Survivor Pool, down from 200 to three. And one of those could still go out Monday Night Football that has the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So um, one player picked Arizona, one player picked New England. They advanced this week of the nine that were left. One still has Tampa to go. And I, among with five others, chose the Tennessee Titans who lost. And I think it's fitting, Matt, that I got kicked out of the survivor pool the same way you did, which was we didn't bet against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Because for me, it was either picking the (laughs) Niners against the Jags, but I didn't like the East Coast trip, or the Tennessee Titans at home against the Texans. I had to go Titans, hadn't picked them yet. They were so hot against the worst team in the NFL. And of course, what happens? The Titans go out and get beat, kind of like the Bills. Surprisingly, not only did they get beat, this was like 19-0 in the second half. Um, they, They made a game of it late, a bunch of Tannehill interceptions, just... Um, just a really bad showing by the Titans at home against the Texans. Another home favorite, big favorite, losing outright. Yeah, Texans eliminated both of us, one 11 weeks later than the other. But, mm-hmm. you know, same same results, really. Yep, they're only uh, two wins. They got us both, man. <laughs> you either win the thing or you don't. Um, I was pretty confident taking the Texans, and I put some of my hard-earned bucks on the Texans, plus 10.5, not to win. You know, I mean... I figured this would be close. The Texans' D is a lot better than people realize. I remember saying on Friday or Thursday, whenever we previewed this game, like, how many of you listeners know the people touching the ball for the Titans right now? You know, I mean, it's that bad. And then A.J. Brown was in and out of this game. You know, I mean, just really rough. And, you know, Tannehill was certainly not able to elevate the suspect guys he had around them. And Taylor didn't play great, but that was something I kind of saw coming in this game, too, is he's a professional quarterback. Don't turn it over. Move the chains. Punt when you have to. And try to keep this in close. Well, they did more than that. I mean, even with Taylor throwing for 107 yards and Houston only running the ball for 83 yards. You know, like, that's a little crazy. Yeah, and really, to me, it's the turnovers. Obviously, you know, he was kind of chucking it very, very late in the game, but still there was three other picks. And um, Tannehill threw it 52 times for 323 yards, but just kept turning the ball over. They could never put the ball in the end zone. Drives were ending in in one way or the other every single time they had the football. Um, You know, and just this group of running backs. We talked about Deontay Foreman last week. Maybe he's the guy to own, but, I mean, they all just kind of look pedestrian. Adrian Peterson's old. You know, this isn't Adrian Peterson. Most people remember. Hilliard's in the backfield. You know, it's just like, what do you do? They're all kind of the same guy that you're handing off to. And really one of the things that stood out to me was Tannehill talking with Des Fitzpatrick on the sideline after one of the picks. There's clearly that's really hard with no A.J. Brown coming in and out of the game. And um, and, and to your point, you know, Hilliard, Rogers, Westbrook, um, and, and Des Fitzpatrick, obviously they're not on the same page. And he thought he was going one way. He goes the other way. You're throwing picks. Mm-hmm. And just a bad situation for Tannehill. And I, I don't know if you put it all on Tannehill. Do you put it no. on the communication with his receivers? Um uh, you know, the defense not holding 
the the Texans early in the game, but I mean, 22 points. You would think that the Titans could put up more than 22 points up against the uh, the Texans here. And the the Texans were a couple weeks late. We kind of predicted maybe there were some upset specials coming with Tyrod Taylor coming back at quarterback for the Houston Texans. Then he threw three picks. I think it was last week, and so I was like, oh, maybe not. And there's not a lot of talent right. on that side of the ball. There's very few uh, playmakers that are recognizable outside of uh, Brandon Cooks and and AJ Brown with these two teams. Yeah, I mean, in a way, it's kind of like the last game we talked about. I mean, that the Colts and Texans won the turnover differential nine nothing against the, the the teams they beat. You know, the favorites. It, that's just too much. I mean, you lose it by five, you lose it by four. The games just aren't going to be that close because this is sort of what the NFL wants. I mean, there aren't dominant teams in the league right now that can overcome those type of things or the Steelers defensive injuries or like when big bad things happen I don't know that any team in the league can overcome them now it's tough and a 17th game like they're whichever team weathers the storm of injuries the best whether that's just you know having depth and replacing good players or finding a way to um, you know, scheme around missing players, or they just get lucky and don't lose key players late in the season. That that's that right. might be what really dictates what happens here with these playoff seeds, especially in the. I mean, really in both divisions because there's a tight group in that wild card scenario for the NFC, and just you know one through six in the AFC. I have no idea what to expect. And to to that point, another one: the Ravens almost dropped one in Chicago to the Bears, but uh, they did put one on the board late with quarterback. Um, Hundley was repla- Tyler Hundley was the one replacing um, Lamar, Lamar Jackson, yeah. who had an illness, non-COVID related, and turns out he didn't play. And then Justin Fields left in the first half for the Bears, so it was Andy Dalton versus Hundley, like we all expected with Ravens and Bears, and the Ravens were able to pull this one out. But this one was pretty, pretty ugly for the most part all game long. Although there was a couple of performances there, and a, and a big touchdown late to Marquise Goodwin. Thought the Bears had that one, but the Ravens came back and went all the way down the field and scored to win it. I mean, I don't know if I should call the Ravens lucky or impressive or both for pulling out these games every week. I mean, it sure looked like <laughs> it was done yet again, you know, and then Tucker hits a 66-yarder in Detroit, you know. I mean, things like every week, they figure out a way to win to get to 7-3, and three, often against not super opponents and fields only lasted for a while in this game. And he's got a rib issue. I assume we won't see him on Thanksgiving. Dalton came in and moved the football, but in a very conservative manner, I give Huntley credit. I'm not cutting on him at all. I mean, he played quite well. Then you talk about dominating time of possession. I mean, the Ravens had the ball like the entire game. They had it for almost 39 of a possible 60 minutes. I mean, you don't see that often. And still barely snuck away. I mean, looks like Freeman's going to be the lead back. I think he's the best of the group. You know, he scored a big touchdown late. And they also did a Marquise Brown, who's been awesome this year. There's not much else to say about this game. Uh, Ravens know. snuck out of there. It was a huge win for them at 7-3 and three now for seeding. And it all but puts the wraps on the Chicago Bears' hopes for the playoffs this year. And they were missing so many players and I think it was probably a downer for them during the week we had talked about this game. This was actually my upset special because I thought they were going to be getting Khalil Mack back, and it turns out uh, yeah. the next day after that podcast uh, that he was going to be lost for the season. He's not coming back for them, and then um, it feels like 
you know, I don't want to put this on Allen Robinson, but it feels like he's not super into it. And, he, you know, he's kind of got one foot out the door as well there with the Bears. So now it's all about developing your young quarterback into a superstar. And that's what you're hoping for for the Bears in the future. This season's just about done. And I think we're going to have a new coaching staff. And, um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's not Thanksgiving yet. And I don't want to. I, I don't want to put them under wraps quite yet, but, you know, this is pretty much it for the Bears. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, one bright spot, Robert Quinn had three and a half sacks, just killing my man Al Villanueva. And one of the mentioned that when I saw it said Huntley played well and deserves credit. He was under a lot of pressure the entire game, sacked six times and probably could have been even worse. What if Khalil Mack would have been out there, to your point, you know? We'll get to some more of these. Holes. We're going to get to a lot of these games tomorrow, especially the afternoon games, and uh, a big one there in Kansas City with Cowboys and Chiefs that was a lot less scoring than I expected in that one. And uh, you know, as long as we're riding off teams, maybe the Seahawks. We'll get to that one tomorrow. A couple of games though that I think we have to talk about when it comes to the NFC playoffs and two teams surging now as we hit the second half of the season in big wins for the Vikings and 49ers coming up. It's holiday season. Here comes Thanksgiving. I personally love Thanksgiving, all the food, getting together with family and friends. Uh, Those food and treats, though, plenty of them. Maybe you want a yummy dessert, but one that isn't so full of calories and sugar. Well, now's the perfect time for Built Bars. You got to look after your health and your figure as well this time of year because things can go south pretty quickly. Built Bars here to help. One slice of pie has upwards of 300 calories, and that's on the low end. Most Built Bars are only 130 calories and have only 4 grams of sugar with plenty of protein. Replace the coconut cream pie with coconut Built Bar or go for a raspberry Built Bar instead of that raspberry pie. Lots of good flavors to replace any pie. New flavors coming all the time at Built.com. Some surprises all month, so check the site often. There's nothing like a Built Bar Black Friday. Mark your calendar. Black Friday will be a huge event with all sorts of surprises. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your order. Promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Did you see some of these Week 11 upsets coming? Do you see some future games on the schedule that you might win some money on? You can find all those odds and lines and props at BetOnline.ag. New updated site and interface. More odds, props, contests than ever before. BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football. And you can bet on other things as well. We've got baseball playoffs going on. Basketball, hockey, boxing, your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait. Take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. And you can get a special bump with 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using promo code locked on. So go ahead over to your mobile device, website, desktop computer. You can access betonline.ag however you want. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Promo code locked on to receive your 50% welcome bonus. Bet online where the game starts. Well, business trip for the 49ers. I, I was slightly worried about this. A letdown game, short week after Monday Night Football, beating a division rival Rams to go across country to the Jaguars. 
and uh, they just handled business and dominated from the the opening kickoff. Actually, the opening kickoff was a little ugly. It was kind of fun. it was kind of muffed there by <laughs> Trent Cannon. But uh, after you know from first down on, and on Monday Night Football, the 49ers, and, and this is a Kyle Shanahan offense thing, and it's the way Jimmy Garoppolo operates, kind of too. You know, shorter passing game stuff. They had a 20-play drive to start the game that took off almost the entire first quarter, 13 minutes, and they didn't even get a touchdown out of it. They got a field goal from it, um, but it's it's amazing seeing them rattle off these drives. I think it was an 18-play drive they had on Monday Night Football. This one was uh, 20 plays, the Jaguars shooting themselves in the foot when when they weren't getting beaten and dominated and bullied by the 49ers. They were had the penalties, and uh, it just looked like a mess for the Jaguars under under Urban, like I came away from this game thinking, I don't know how Urban has a job here. This is he's out of his yeah. element here in the NFL. This looks really bad. They were killing themselves, penalties and getting fights, and Rayshon Jenkins gets ejected, and it was just bad from opening kick on for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And it wasn't even as close as the score looks. Thirty to ten, the 49ers handle their business. Now get back to five hundred and really have a new identity. The last few weeks, and by the way, Jimmy Garoppolo, highest graded quarterback. Over the last month, since week eight, in the entire NFL, so the 49ers might have found some uh, some some mojo here going into the second half of the year, which bodes really well for their playoff hopes. Without question, they're they're certainly in the hunt. Uh, you wrapped up the Jags very well. They're a disaster, and I feel for Trevor Lawrence. And I hope that there's some proper changes made to get that talented young quarterback back on the right track, leading this team. But you mentioned it, business trip. I mean, this was a very clean and efficient game road trip across country by the Niners very few penalties won the time of possession by a wide margin won the uh, the turnover differential were able to run the ball 42 times not asking a lot of Jimmy and you mentioned Jimmy and you know his quarterback rating and whatnot I don't have the stats handy and they obviously just changed yesterday but the, the Niner offense, when he's behind center, is like top five in DVOA, you know, and now it's getting healthy with Debo and Kittle and Ayuk. And I mean, that's a pretty darn good trio of weapons. And it doesn't really matter who the running back is, you know, and even my guy Trey Sermon got 10 touches. I mean, that just tells you all you need to know. <laughs> yeah, he, there's some injuries at running back in the 49ers and Kyle Shanahan thought uh, in the lab, you know, it's not a big deal because, like I always say, it doesn't matter and running backs don't matter. Jeff Wilson, Trey Sermon, whatever. Uh, but it was actually Debo Samuel that led the 49ers in rushing. He had more rushing yards than receiving yards in this one. He had eight carries, 79 yards. He had a nice 25-yard touchdown run there. The corners do not like tackling Debo Samuel. He's just got no. this magic knack of being, you know, a physical runner for a wide receiver, but also with the vision and um, making himself skinny when he needs to and running powerfully when he needs to. I get a little bit worried seeing all these carries for him because I don't want to get him hurt, right? <laughs> but that'd be bad sure. for the 49ers. He's been their biggest weapon. But on top of that, seeing you know the emergence from Kittle now, especially as a red zone weapon the last few weeks, and Ayuk, you know, showing up at wide receiver across from Debo Samuel and doing more of the traditional downfield stuff for this offense. That's really key. So huge for the 49ers at this point in the year, really getting right. And then uh, the tenth sack of the year for Nick Bosa too, and he's kind of been rolling solo on that defensive line this year. They need to get him some help up front because he's getting doubled and held and everything on every snap. Uh, but he's still super impactful for the 49ers. So they are hitting their stride definitely at the right time. Yeah, the last thing I was going to mention, and you beat me to it, was Bosa. I mean, he's awesome as well. And, again, I, I was watching that, and I'm like, boy, that's his 10th sack. I was like, wow, that's more than I realized. And because he is getting so much attention, 
impacting the game in such a great way. I mean, there aren't many edge guys you take over Bosa. We mentioned the AFC playoffs and who would be in if the season ended today. The Niners would not be in at 5-5 five and five if the season ended today because the 5-5 five and five Vikings would have the tiebreaker over them based on uh, best win percentage in conference games. But that is obviously, obviously something that can change. And that is obviously something that's going to change very quick next week because the Vikings and 49ers play each other. Both teams getting hot right now. The Vikings coming off a huge win uh, against NFC North rival Green Bay Packers. They pulled this one out late, 34-31. Vikings over the Green Bay Packers. The Pack uh, now would be the two-seed in the NFC. We'll talk more about the Cardinals' win tomorrow. But uh, what are you seeing from this Vikings team, Matt? Because they, early in the season, it felt like they were finding ways to lose. And they kind of flipped switch a few weeks ago, and it, it seems the other way now. Yeah, absolutely. And this was probably the, this was the game of the day, the most entertaining game to watch, the best game to watch. This is what we wanted Kansas City Dallas to be, and that let us down. I mean, both these quarterbacks combined for seven uh, touchdowns and no interceptions, even though Cousins put the ball in harm's way a lot. I mean, from what I saw, I mean, he was really risk taking out there. The two stud receivers really showed up big, Devontae Adams and especially Justin Jefferson. I don't know how many yards Jefferson has over the last two weeks, but it's well over 300. He's been an absolute terror. Two, two touchdowns in this game. A balance as well from Minnesota. And that's a, a word I often talk about with Minnesota is the offensive line solid, the quarterback solid, but they're three stars that touch the ball so often every game. Give this offense a lot of balance. And um, I think that's a theme around the league too is, you know, like, Buffalo, for example, sure, they're really dangerous throwing the ball, but they don't run at all. You know, like if you can make them play left-handed, there's a lot of offenses that really come back to earth. And I'm not saying the Vikings are one of the best offenses in the league, but that balance is really important. I'm trying to think if this could have worked out for fantasy football drafts, but did somebody draft Jonathan Taylor in the first round then come back with like Adams and Jefferson uh, and then were able to get – no, they probably weren't able to get everybody they needed this week. But, man, uh, some really huge weeks from multiple touchdown scores in games. Jefferson in this game, 169 yards on eight catches and two touchdowns. There was Adams with two touchdowns and seven catches and 115 yards. And uh, seeing Adams get loose, especially late in the game, I thought, okay, that's it. Aaron Rodgers, four touchdown passes, yeah, 385 yeah. yards passing. You don't lose those games. Uh, and they lost this one. And by the way, we talked about Garoppolo, what he's doing over the course of the last month. I think Kirk Cousins is still the leading um, graded quarterback over the course of the entire season, according to PFF right now. So Cousins, wow. Garoppolo, playing hot, highly graded, and at 5-5, five and five, a tiebreaker next week, 49ers-Vikings. That'll be a fun one. Wow, that, that is a fun one. Both these teams are really trending in the right direction, and maybe they're not going to be the sneak-into-playoff teams that we even expect them to be. Maybe they're the hot team rolling that you don't want to play in the playoffs type of team. A um, couple notes, you know, we brought this up last week that completions plus rushes things, you know, lends itself to that balanced argument. I'm talking about with the Vikes because they're really high on that list. I'm sure that those remain very high on this list too. I mean, he completed 24 balls and they ran the ball 29 times. Um, Green Bay though. I mean, we knew they were without Aaron Jones. I don't think he'll be out a real long time, but this Rogers toe thing sounds like it's very real and he's 
literally limping towards the bye week, trying to, you know, just survive for now. And then I'm almost certain they lost Elgin Jenkins, who's been their best lineman with Bakhtiari out, a good young player. I think he's out for the year, too. So um, all of a sudden, Green Bay offense is looking a little thin. I do have an update here. Yeah, it looks like they're tr- they they were hoping Bakhtiar was going to be back soon, according to our Peter Bukowski, who covers the Packers here in the Locked On Podcast Network. Sometime in December is what it's looking like now mm. from uh, David Bakhtiari because they you know he had practiced this week maybe and they thought he was going to get ready to play, but now it's going to be maybe you know even another month for for Bakhtiari, maybe a couple weeks. But uh, Elkton Jenkins, yeah, out for the season and still trying yeah. to get Jair Alexander back, and still trying to get Zadaria Smith back. I mean, that's just becoming too different for the Packers to overcome it looks like even with Aaron Rodgers doing Aaron Rodgers things and he's not even healthy no right but still two very impressive offensive showings by both these teams and it was a game the Vikes had to have they got it they're in a good spot now I mean it's kind of hard to believe they're only five and five you know like that's a pretty darn good football team for being 500 yeah the defense is key there and they're doing their their part and, uh, and keeping things close enough for their offense to score points. And the offense humming pretty good right now in Minnesota. Okay, we've got Monday night football to cover tomorrow. It is Giants at Buccaneers. Some more games from Sunday, Week 11, that we have not covered yet. A couple of teams that were losers as far as that NFC wildcard race goes in the Saints and the Panthers. We'll talk Dolphins-Jets, uh, Lions-Browns, and uh, Bengals-Raiders. And then the big one, obviously, was cowboys Chiefs from Sunday. We'll cover the rest of the Week 11 action tomorrow. Thanks for making us your first listen every day right here. Peacock and Williamson.